For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. This is your host, Greg Troxell. We have your lovely and exciting and thrilling Norwich, or I almost said preview, recap podcast, where we're going to bring you all the sights and sounds, and Elijah and I cannot wait to talk about all the goals scored in this one. So why don't we bring them on right now? The man, the myth, the legend, the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Yes, I am here and excited to be here talking a little Newcastle footy, as the the kids say, the cool kids say. Um, I mean, if you want to hear my hot takes and see my good tweets and all that kind of stuff, give me a follow at Elijah underscore Newsom. Um, shout out to some of you guys who followed me today. Um, you're much love to those people, Greg, but no one else, nobody else gets any love. Interesting. I, I didn't get any followers today. Um, well, wow. That's because people don't know where to follow you. That's at NUFC underscore Greg. And wow. we're sitting at 299 followers on the podcast account. So oh. who's going to make it, it 300? Be number 300. Yeah. Uh, so do that at CHN underscore radio. We have some things to discuss. Oh. Where were you during the time where Newcastle United was home to Norwich? Well, I actually woke up. I mean, it was kind of a... I, I'm, it's one of those where you wish you could have the day back because I <laughs> I woke up and drove to a bar, like the Newcastle bar, which is now less convenient for me. Long story short, I'm in a hotel right now because my kitchen's getting renovated. So shout out to shout out to uh, USAA for putting us up in a hotel. But I, I I drove 35 minutes, well 30 minutes to the bar, and like got there in the 16th minute. And there was literally, someone joked on Twitter when I was like, hopefully Newcastle doesn't score by the time I get there. They're like, you'd have to wait until the 94th minute. And I was like, ah, ha, ha, jokes, jokes, jokes. We were both wrong. We were just wrong. (laughs) A tad wrong, yes. Yeah. And then after that, I drove to Auburn. So I should have just driven driven to Auburn first. That would have been smarter. Yeah, maybe. Missed this entire match. We wouldn't even have to do this pod. (laughs) Yeah, we wouldn't. I wrote about this exact feeling um, when in the West Coast three hours earlier. Uh, you wake up at six o'clock to see the starting lineups, and then the match starts by seven. In, in this case, and like you sit there and you're like, "Am I going to regret this?" <laughs> and uh, yeah. when Newcastle scores first, it's a lovely sensation, but it doesn't happen often. So in this one, you could kind of 
kind of tell pretty early on that, that it wasn't going to be one of those days where they were going to score first <laughs> and they didn't. So it wasn't a fun one to wake up to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's my take. It kind of was boring. It's a lukewarm take there. Yeah. Uh, but So let's talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Dude. <laughs> uh, so the first thing is your wonderful submissions. Three words. At the end of every match, we ask you to comment on three words to describe the podcast. And you guys do a great job, Wait, as nope. always. You messed that up. Did I say describe the podcast again? You said comment on three words to describe the podcast. I should learn how to talk, huh? <laughs> you may be. Man. Okay. That was... After, at the end of every match, let's try this again. We ask you to come up with three words to describe the match, and then we read them on this podcast. Is that better? Yes. Ah. Sure. Woohoo! I made it. Um, so we'll start. First one was Don at Smicotra. That was shit. Uh, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12. Brucey's still shite. Mr. Steel, you're worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. Didn't lose, though. Adam P. It's Tate at, a, at, at a P. Tate. Are you surprised? Mm. Coming home Newcastle at coming home in UFC. Up to 10th. <laughs> oh, who tweeted that? Uh... Ginko underscore NUFC at Ginko HRO. Sure. This is more than three words. He said, we should stay bottom than them instead. <laughs> okay. Uh, CH Peter at Magpies underscore Rock. We are clueless. Dale at DC underscore NUFC underscore 84. Says zero ball retention. Neil from NW London at Neil NW London. No firepower. Syed Abdrahman at Man Maldini. Oh my God. Mark at MJA 1980. The Ashley Effect. And Fezwig, Fezwig at F-F-E-Z-Z-I-W-I-G. Sucked. That's 10th anyway. And alas. I have some. I have one more. Oh, okay. And it's Ben W. Which, is that Ben Weiss? I don't know. Um, at Ben no, if... W. 918-77311. Don't want it. That's that's definitely not Ben Weiss. Uh, uh, this this is on someone. You know, the people, they sometimes tweet the three words mm-hmm. uh, as a reply to the quote tweet. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah that's so fine. I, I got some of those. Uh, this is from Sir Bobby Knows, dot, 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 soccer ball. Uh, shout out to them. They've got the EU flag in their profile picture. Big weekend for the Brits. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they know what we're talking about. The Americans are like, what are they talking about? Look it up, Americans. Um, Lynn Otago says, pile of shite. Yeah. Um, Adam, <laughs> this cannot be a real, Adam P. Tate, which is just like a, a name. Um, he was, I'm not, to, we, huh? we did, I think he, he said it on, he said this, Oh, what did he say? Did he say he says I'm not surprised. Okay, he commented to the CHN radio one said, "Are you surprised?" <laughs> That's actually okay. A little a little sequel. Way. I, like that. I like that, Adam. All right, shout out to Adam. And then uh, CN 
Iman. I guess it's kind of cinnamon. Uh, sorry, I said C N E M O N. That is just not <laughs> how you spell C N E M O N. I guess that's cinnamon, maybe or cinnamon. It only makes sense to say cinnamon. Yeah, uh, I'm with it. At underscore cinnamon. What was that in gift form? So oh, like like a three word gift form. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So he he blended the two things we asked for. Yeah. that you know have been stolen from us. Uh, this season. That's okay. By it's various people. It's a compliment to our creativity. Greg, you keep saying that, and each time I'm just like, it's. I hate it, and <laughs> I don't think it's a compliment at all. <laughs> like, no one else goes around making a ridiculous amount of polls, and it's like, oh, just compliments the tune polls. Like, no, it's. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Come up with your own idea. Like, Greg and I came up with this stuff on our own, which was dope. So. <laughs> okay. Let's come up with how we're going to talk about this match that's exciting to listeners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, we'll start with We the... could just do like what we did uh, last week where we just don't talk about the match for 10 minutes. <laughs> yes. That would be – oh, my God. That was so funny. We well, It was FA Cup. It was uh, Rochdale, right? Yeah, the, the Ox- first. The, the, no, that was the Oxford preview. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, we'll probably do that again. Yeah. Um, so for this one, we'll start with the starting lineup. Um, we had Dubrovka, Fernandez, Lascelles, Clark, Yedlin, Bentaleb, Hayden, Richie, Almiron, St. Maximo, and Jolinton. On the bench, we had Darlow, Cher, Lejeune, Danny Rose, Victorino, Lazaro, that's an inside joke, Valentino, yeah. Sean Longstaff, and Christian Atsu. Elijah, break it down. Break it down. Break it down one time um, for me. Uh, no, no huge surprises here, um, in my opinion. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I said if Lazaro, if, if Yedlin was healthy, Lazaro would probably be on the bench. Um, the same thing with uh, Danny Rose. I didn't really think he'd make his debut. Technically, when we recorded that preview, he wasn't announced yet. So, uh, no, it was the Oxdale. It was the Oxford review. That I just realized that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a. Two minutes ago, my brain was still thinking about what was that one where we didn't talk about the match with him. It was the Oxford Review. Same result. Makes sense. Anyway, um, didn't think Danny Rose would make his debut. Uh, easily thought Ben Celeb and Hayden would be the midfield. Was not wrong. The front three was the same. I mean, on paper, this was arguably the best team a Newcastle that Newcastle could play, um, given the circumstances. Uh, I mean... Still time. There's still time to figure out whether or not Lazaro is the best right wing back at this on this team, or et cetera, et cetera. But we don't, we don't know yet. Um. So given what we know, this is the best team we could have put out, and it was a team. Yeah, it, it was nice for me to see it. And well, to see the bench was the best thing. I was like, holy crap, we have a we have a healthy ish lineup, and on the bench we have Fabian Share, Florian Lejeune, Danny Rose, Lazaro, <laughs> and then. Longstaff and Atsu. So it's like defensively we have insane depth. And then our only attacking player was Atsu, and you could argue Lazaro. Well, we would argue Lazaro, but obviously yeah, he's just not going to be deployed in that in his best position if Almiron and St. Maximin are going to be playing there. So, Well, the issue is that really what should have happened is you take one of them off for him. Yeah, yeah. Or you change your formation, but that's not something Newcastle are <laughs> capable of doing. So. Yeah, listen to our Wednesday pod for for more talk on that. Yeah. 
So, but it was just nice seeing all that depth defensively. We could kind of, it just, it just felt better that we weren't so thin like we have been in the past. So, uh, but they came out in a three-four-two-one. It was say Maximin on the left, Almiron on the right, Bentaleb and Hayden in the midfield with Jolinton on top. Um, so it was a little. I mean, it was essentially a five-four-one, three-four-two-one in attack, which is pretty much what we run every time um almost initially we got out actually yeah almost initially we almost we scored we almost scored right yeah it was yeah yeah it was um it was a link up between richie and asm cruel like uh saint coochie like had a low ball like it was under hit wasn't strong enough and cruel easily grabbed it uh, but it was a very open match, and I was happy with that. We weren't necessarily bunkering. Let's just put it that way. Um, Norwich's whole start of this match was like they were trying to ping long balls to get behind us, and then we, which I thought was, I was like, oh my god, we're gonna blow this team out. They left us. They gave us all the space in the world in the wings. And I understand the scouting report is we cannot cross a ball into the box to save our lives. But I was like, I've never seen a team give us this much space. Like, whenever we got the ball, we put it out to Yedlin or or St. Gucci, and just, like, they could walk to the to the box if they wanted. They could walk to the corner flag, essentially. Um, I mean, they weren't wrong. Yeah, the, the, it ended up being a very good scouting report. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the scouting report, It's they've, they've got almost a, a whole season's worth of data on us, yeah. and they've figured that out. Yeah, but it's like, it's such a, it's still very, it's a risky way to play, but it worked. It is very risky. Um, and it, the crosses were awful. They were miserable, and Yedlin was doing a terrible job until he didn't, where, like, he absolutely dominated these this one like one minute stretch of play where we just put in two amazing balls and we just couldn't score so like even when we were getting great service into the box like nothing was happening <laughs> and um it was one of them was yedlin putting across it big joe headed and cruel parried it away and almiron had a chance at a rebound and hit it wide which i was like oh my god like he could have scored that definitely um, it was a good save by Cruel. It was a good header by Jolinton. It just didn't work out for us there. Yeah. Um, unfortunate. Yeah. Jolinton, easily best shot of the match. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was and, it. And was still getting slagged on Twitter. I, nothing pleases these fans, Greg. Nothing I, pleases them. Yeah. The Jolinton's injury. I, I kind of went off on him in my day after report. Because, like, he's becoming an Iose Perez type of character. And, like, where you love him or you're against him or you're with him. And, like, look, like, you know, we – it's it's one thing. I, I've kind of – I've said this, I think, on a previous podcast where, like, Almiron, like, you're, you're signing him because he's a midfielder and he can do things to create play and and to make defenses play a certain way because he's so – good at counterattacking and he's so good on the ball and so much speed so he does a lot of other things besides score and get assists that you can appreciate when you sign a striker for 40 million dollars you need to score like you you can like i can find 50 backup strikers in england right now that could link up play with the midfield just as good as jolinton but like he needs a score like that's that's the difference like like it's unacceptable to have a striker that isn't scoring that's 
and like we've said in the past, Elijah, like ten goals is the absolute minimum you should expect from a starting striker, and he's not going to come near that. Unless... Oh, that's what that's what we said about Rondon. Yeah, and he got ten. He did get ten <laughs> in like fifteen games, but but he so. also contributed in like he had what eight assists or something like that. Like he, that yeah, was it was insane. absurd. Yeah. So it's yeah. like um, those things yeah. you have you have to have a striker that scores. Like that's it's different from other positions. Just like um like goalies, like you have to have a goalie that's capable of getting a clean sheet. Like <laughs> it's it's just, true. You need that. <laughs> um so I get why people are are slagging him off in this situation where like when people would argue the same point for Almiron, it'd be like, "Well, you are you're not watching the rest of his game, like what he's doing for us." Cuz that's yeah. the position where he he can do other things besides we need you. To it's support. unfortunate here because like like it was it's tough because there were actually some moments where you could see um like his work off the ball yeah was really good in order to help Newcastle kind of not stay in the match but create change. like when they employed the press with him in ASM on random occasions like it actually worked really well yeah. it's just Newcastle couldn't take advantage of it and I mean, I guess we can kind of get into this now. I think one of the biggest issues I saw, because let's be honest, nothing really happened in this match. But <laughs> yeah. like, the the one of the biggest issues I saw, especially towards the end of the match, was that individual players were trying to force it instead of looking for the simple pass. And that's kind of the difference between, um, like, kind of the the top six teams in in Newcastle. It's one of the differences is that even if it's Chelsea or if it's Arsenal. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it all the time that they're trying to force it. Like they, they're completely. They're capable of winning a game one 0 when it's like they think they deserve to win or whatever because they don't. They don't try to like one person doesn't try to take over and, and force a goal and that happens so often, especially with um, St. Maximin and Joel Linton and, and to not as much with Miggy, but especially St. Maximin. There was just. There was like a there was a two two three sequences where St. Maxman definitely and Miggy too they over dribbled instead of just playing the person through and it's like like there was one in particular where ASM and Joel Linton were both in the box Joel Linton makes a clear as day run towards a goal where he would have been one on one with the keeper and Alan St. Maxman then dribbles the ball out wide tries to set up a cross and it like goes out for a throw and it's like that's not the stuff we need and it's annoying because it's more of like the 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 having the balls there you have everything you need it's just creating the the final chance is just something that our team is not capable of doing for some reason yeah yeah it's not good <laughs> uh the for the rest of this first half just to cover it it was like both teams looked dangerous when they were trying to bring the ball up and then like Eliza was and I were just talking about the final third came to nothing both teams were miserable in the final third. Um, so, like, I would say Norwich looked good, we looked good, and then we got ne- anywhere near the 18-yard box and everything just fell apart. Um, one couple things to note before we get into the second half. Uh, Fernandez made a massive stop on Pookie. Breakaway. Yeah. That was huge. And then um, I think Norwich had another chance too, but nothing came of it. Uh, but it was definitely the most open first half that we've seen. Except it was zero zero. Any any yeah. any thoughts on the first half, Elijah? I mean, no, nothing in particular. It was uh, it was 
like you said, it was it was pretty open. I mean, it was it was open, but also pretty dreadful football. Similar to the <laughs> Everton, uh, like first fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, it was just like very open, but like neither team looked like they were able to do much of anything. So, yeah, uh, not 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 great, Bob. Not great, Bob. <laughs> uh, so Nor- Norwich were like if you had to pick a winner, I would pick Norwich. Would you? Of the first half, yeah. Sure. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think Newcastle had the best chance of the game in the first half. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. With um, the Joel Linton thing followed up by the Miggy Miss, like that was that was the best cross of the game, the best shot on the game, and then the clearest cut, easiest chance of the game. Yeah. I mean, there. I think Norwich had a couple. Like, well, Pookie really had chances. like three yeah. really good chances. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Where the where the where the uh, Newcastle fans slagging on Pookie for not scoring <laughs> or Man City? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah I was going to get into that, dude. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so second half started and it just didn't become open anymore. Newcastle just decided to bunker, and it was like we wanted them to attack again. So a little bit of a tactical change there from Brucey. E. Uh, it nothing pretty much happened for ten minutes, and then we made our first sub, and that was Tino Lazaro. Bruce Bruce calls him Tino, by the way. Well, not Valley. <laughs> I would have loved Valley <laughs> or Valley or Lazzy. Lazzy. Laz. Tino. Laz. Tino was the first nickname I heard him say uh, for okay. him. It could change. We'll see. But uh, I mean, 54th, he's probably got a bunch. Yeah. Fifty <laughs> yeah. fourth minute, Yedlin came off for Lazaro, and it went right, and they just swapped spots. Um, and it almost became one to nothing. Immediately after Norwich on the corner, um, McLean just headed it wide. Like it was like he probably he should have scored, but he just missed. Uh, yeah, Lazaro right wing back, and then three minutes later we subbed off Hayden for Sean Longstaff, which I don't I didn't understand that at all. Like Hayden wasn't looking bad, was he? Did you think he was bad? I was no, like, but I mean, it, it, if you're coming from Bruce's perspective, which I think I think the reason people didn't hate that sub is that. Like, barring formation change, that is the only attacking sub you could have made. I mean, besides Christian Atsu, and which makes us worse. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so I I, I mean that was, is a weird one, uh, because like you're right, like Hayden didn't look bad, but it was actually like one of the first. It almost felt like for a second maybe Newcastle have depth because that's something that you do see sometimes with like Man City, like. Sometimes, like, they just need to take off uh, Riyad Mahrez for uh, Bernardo Silva, or maybe it would be David Silva. I know you're David not Silva. doing this, but imagine comparing Sean Longstaff for David Silva. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's... <laughs> I, know, I know you didn't mean it that uh, way, yeah. but that's... <laughs> but it's like, it's like, yeah, maybe Riyad Mahrez was not bad. He had a couple crosses, whatever. Like, he was great, but you just want a different yeah. look and a different element. Maybe this guy fresh legs that kind of stuff i think that's what it was with the sean longstaff thing but it also just it's it's weird that that's like one of the only attacking subs we can make mm-hmm. when close to healthy and it's i i don't know how muto and and carol aren't healthy yet i just yeah i don't understand i, I like i literally have no idea <laughs> I, I feel like i've learned i learned less and less information about their injuries as each week like goes on and, and I don't know. Yeah. Absurd. I'm with you on that. Uh, but yeah, 
It was we had right after that sub Nor- Norwich or actually Newcastle, sorry, had two chances pretty quickly after this sub. So we had one. It was almost an own goal. Um, it was St. Gucci. He he curled in. He curled a ball into the box and Hanley, old Grant Hanley, stuck his leg out and like Cruel had to get down and make a save to keep the ball wide. And I was like, oh, uh, could you imagine if another Newcastle defender gets a goal? <laughs> um, that would have been my my thing that I would, probably would have done there. Uh, the other one was from that resulting corner, and it was a Norwich chance. Um, it was a counterattack on the corner, and Rupp passed it to Pookie, who had a ton of space, and he just smashed the ball right when he got to the box, and just went it went just over the bar. But like that would have been a hell of a finish if he was able to get yeah. that one in. That was filthy. Um, he put some zip on that thing. Um, a couple minutes after that, St. Gucci had a chance. He was like really picking up here. Um, he got the ball on the left-hand side, cut inside, and he curled a ball to the po- post, which Cool had to dive and tip wide. That was another good chance. And then shortly after that, Dubrovka made a huge save, which he just keeps doing. But Puki received the ball in the box and tried to curl a shot around Dubrovka, but he pushed the ball out of the way. And then the ball hit Clark, and it almost goes in, but Clark was able to rush back and clear it in time. Uh, so a lot of like back-to-back chances right there, which kept things a little bit interesting. And then we took our best player at the moment, St. Gucci, off and brought on Danny Rose. Right, what's your thoughts up to this? I mean, uh, I, I don't I, – I honestly – I mean, I didn't hate the sub. Yeah, I um, didn't either. I mean, because one, ASM was looking a little tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's – I mean, stamina you, you have, really not You have thing. to start <laughs> trying to protect him in Almiron. Yeah, but I I think I would have I don't know if I would have I don't know if I would have necessarily I don't I don't know I don't know how I think I think I would have left Matt Ritchie as like a wing back and maybe moved him over to right wing back and then pushed Lazaro forward just because I I didn't I didn't think Matt, Matt Ritchie was going to be able to offer anything like any anything better in offense I'd say than ASM was. I think Danny Rose bringing him on was, was a good shout, but I, I don't know. I just didn't know if I didn't really think employing Matt Ritchie in the midfield was was going to yield you any goals. And for the love of God, someone else takes that pieces. <laughs> Thanks. Like I I get it. Matt Ritchie's been there a long time, but like he's not he's not good at it. Like he's just really not. Yeah. Like the corner balls are not great. The the free kicks were putrid. I mean, it was just. I mean, ugh. we have more set piece goals than anyone, so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure, but goodness me, God, oh goodness, oh ugh. goodness. Um. So all three signings made the pitch, and I guess shortly after that we had another chance, which we were like peppering corners in and like back to back to back. And then this one found Fernandez and he hit it pretty high, but it was under the bar and cruel had to tip it over. Uh, yeah, that and, was a really good chance. Yeah. And then that, that's literally the last note I have from that was in the 84th minute. So from the 84th to like 95th, like nothing happens. <laughs> um, it was just like, and well, one thing I will say just from my memory is like Newcastle were kind of hanging on 
at the end of it, but like Norwich didn't have a chance or anything. It was, it was just, it's just disappointing to yeah. do that at home against the bottom team. And Norwich, like, I don't know. I thought they were the better team. You wouldn't be wrong. Dubrovka earned us the point, I would say. Yeah. Cruel made some great saves too, to like to his credit. Like I think both goalies did great. And I mean, e- either team could have won this. So that's my take. Do you have anything else? <laughs> no, I mean I I think the biggest takeaway for me was just the the, the front three just not as good as advertised, in my opinion. Yeah. I think there were moments of individual br- brilliance, but as a unit, just was not there. And when you have a midfield that is kind of completely taken out of the match, like they were again this this match, and wingbacks who can't cross the ball, like your attackers, someone better step up. And and neither one of them, none of them did. Um, just also the other thing I noticed, like our center backs just. They're not not the most disciplined in terms of attack. Like I, there was a lot where Fernandez was up there and Cher uh, was up there and all this other stuff. It it was bizarre. So I don't know. That was just a a, a, a nice little observation. Is that our center backs still are are all the way up the pitch except yeah. for Jamal Lascelles? Yeah, except yeah, Lascelles is usually never up there. That's true. Um, All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll get into the other things, and let's do that now. Okay, so after a 0-0 draw, it moved us up to 10th, but after the weekend's results, we fell back to 12th. We were in 12th, or 13th. We were in 14th. 14th, wow. Yeah. Holy crap. We like that's what I'm saying. Like we we ha- we we finished and we we still finished in a better spot spot than we started. So. Yeah. Um so yeah, so we're sitting in 12th now. We're tied on points with Southampton, Burnley, and Arsenal. Uh, that's that's also crazy. Uh and we are third of those four teams in goal difference. Only Southampton's behind us. Yeah. Um so that's the way it's looking right now. Uh, we are currently six points from fifth, and we are seven points from relegation spot. So, kind of right in the middle of both. That is your Premier League table update. Going to stats, do you have any juicy stats for us? I have <laughs> no. a bunch. Okay. Um, so, we're unbeaten in all competitions since our New Year's Day loss to Leicester. So, that is... A little over a month without being beaten. So that's good. Uh, we're unbeaten against Norwich at home in the Premier League. Six wins and two draws. Um, Nabil Bentaleb, Valentino Lazaro, and Danny Rose became the 237th, 238th, and 239th Newcastle United players to play in the Premier League. So congrats to them. Huh. Right? Uh, yeah, going to XG stats, we lost the XG matchup. Norwich had 2.4 expected goals. We had 0.9. So there you're looking at like 2 to 1 is what the expected goals said would happen. Um, we would lose. Miguel Amaron led Newcastle in XG, which is funny because like, obviously that, that chance was the chance, right? But outside yeah. of that, we didn't really talk about him much again. 
he didn't have a bad day, but he just wasn't as involved outside of that chance, I would say. Like, at, like in the final third. Like, he was involved, as he always is, but yeah, another kind of... There was whatever. only really a couple chances towards late, late in the game where... Um, you know, he was like, he was on the ball in the final third. It was on the ball, um, in the final third a ton, and it wasn't great. But yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, nothing that would make me scream highest expected goal yep. out of anyone in the team. So, um, PPDA passes allowed per defensive action in the opposition half. Uh, this is one of our lowest that we've seen for Newcastle. We give up 11.3 passes per defensive action norwich gave up 7.1 um so we that was one of the lower ones higher numbers are not good here just as a reminder um expected points it was almost identical to the everton one actually it's 0.1 off on each side so uh we're expected to get 0.4 points and norwich was expected to get 2.4 points so expected says no doubt about it norwich was the better team here uh, another stat, Sunderland's in League One. Uh, and of the who scored players that had a rating of seven or higher, this I thought was interesting. Um, and it will prove you right on a certain point, which you'll see. Uh, so players that got set po- seven points or higher, St. Gucci Max, Matt Ritchie, Federico Fernandez, Nabil Bentaleb, Kieran Clark, Martin Dubrovka, and Jolinton. The last one. Because you said... He still had a pretty good day, which you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 538, they project how the season's going to end, and they're saying we will finish the season in 14th place with 43 points. Uh, that would be give us a 10% chance to get relegated and a 5% chance to finish in the top 10. They have Aston Villa, West Ham, and Norwich getting relegated. West Ham getting relegated. Well, um, quotes. You ready to do quotes? Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's shoot for the quotes. Steve Bruce said, "The most important thing is we haven't played well again, but we haven't been beaten. <laughs> That's not a bad trait to have in the Premier League, but we all know we have to play better. We haven't done enough, and we are disappointed. We set ourselves up to be difficult to beat. If you look at the record we've got, we've done fantastically well." Now we have to get a little bit of quality in forward areas. We have to improve in the midfield too because the strikers need to, something to feed off of. We gave the ball so away so cheaply today, which is disappointing. They got in a few times. We were a little bit last ditch. They missed a few opportunities. To be fair, we had a big opportunity in the first half. Their chances were mainly through mistakes by us, which is not like us. No, um, except for it is like us. <laughs> yeah. So... Oh yeah, so that's Brucey's quotes. Um, any any other comments before we go to? I mean, I would say this, um, kind of on play style, just real quick. I brought this up in our Slack, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this, Greg. Why do our center backs just like they if they're not if they're on the ball for more than ten seconds and there's not an open pass, they just hoof the ball forward yeah they don't like is there a reason why like i I thought these are supposed to be like and that's the weird thing is that we have decent ball playing center backs like i feel like fernandez should shouldn't just hoof the ball forward when he's also capable of making a 60 yard run up the the pit the middle of the pitch with the ball at his feet so i I just don't understand it 
Like, I think it's a little bit better when Sharon and Lejeune are both playing, but, like, everyone else, it's just, like, they're just trying to look for the long ball anytime there's an ounce of pressure, and it just doesn't make any sense. Mm. Especially when they'll pass it back to their goalkeeper, and then Dubrovka will reset and pass it back to one of them, and then they'll just hoof it forward again. And it's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh you know, there's a lot of things we could talk about about that. <laughs> um, man in charge has to do something about it, though. So we'll see. I don't. I'll doubt. I doubt anything will get done. Um, but let's take a break. Then we'll do our best and worst and get on out of here. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Take a break right now. Okay, Elijah. Let's start with worst player. Okay. Who you got? I think a lot of people would expect me to say. Uh... DeAndre Yedlin, uh, but like also, I don't think Lazaro was much better when, when mm-hmm. he came on the pitch at all. Um, <sighs> I, this is actually an interesting one. I think I'll go with one that's a little bit unconventional, but something that really frustrated me um, was Matt Ritchie. I feel like he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, like, I think like I mean, everyone else seemed to try, and like they had their own faults. I mean, uh, you know. Obviously, Miggy missing shots, Joel Linton not registering more than a couple shots on target. Like, there, there is, everyone had their individual flaws, but like, someone who just disappeared, especially in a match in which, like you said, they were giving us space on the wings, it just seemed like Matt Ritchie didn't take advantage of that. Like, and the crosses he did swing in to a point that I brought up last season um, when someone tried to throw some ridiculous stat in my face about how. Matt Ritchie's really good because he leads the Premier League in um, successful crosses. And I'm like, yes, that is because he also leads the Premier League in crosses attempted because they're all bad. Is that, like, he did not deliver a single accurate cross, like, the entire match. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, yeah, if he were just a left wing back and we're, like, you know, I could maybe excuse it. But this guy also was a winger for the majority of his career. So it's like, dude, come on. Like, yeah, you, and you're left footed. Like you, you should be able to swing in some crosses, buddy. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, and I don't know who like is my worst player. To be honest, uh, I was thinking about this, and I just no one really stuck out. It was like they're awful. Just no one ever really looked good enough either <laughs> yeah it's a cop-out but i'm gonna do this and i've done it in one other time before but my worst player is steve bruce oh you've done it more than once i think oh really it hasn't been a lot though like i don't do that every time well i mean you could i mean to be fair the whole beginning of the season you could have done it but you didn't. yeah yeah <laughs> i did it twice like early on yeah this one man at home i could have said it for the oxford match too at home like Come on, man. Like, by now, this deep into the season, like, draw something up. Let's go. Get something moving here. If you've managed 900-plus matches, like, you'd think you'd be able to pull something off. So here we go. Yeah, it's interesting because there has to be some sort of psychological thing going on as well because Steve Bruce genuinely believes that the players believe that they cannot. Yeah, yeah, like, he – like in either he is telling the truth and there's a there is some sort of Pavlov's 
dog type imprint <laughs> left on these players from the Rafa Benitez era, era, or Steve Bruce genuinely does not have the confidence in himself yeah. in order to correct this, which could potentially be like what's going on. Because if you think about it, like he said, every time he's adjusted something, it hasn't worked. So like, I could see why he doesn't even want to try to encourage him to play more attacking when when he's done that it doesn't work. Yeah. And part of that is his own inability to to as a tactician, but part of that is also just him being having just such little faith in himself that he's just not able to even probably convey what he really wants to say to these players. Um so I mean that's a, that's actually a really good shout Greg. I guess honorary mention honorable mention is uh Worst player is everyone who didn't pass the ball to the Bill Bentaleb in the middle of the pitch. Like I, 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 I'm just I don't I don't understand. Like you that, and that's I think that's that kind of goes back to the Bruce thing. Is you sign this guy you want because he is good at the thing that Newcastle have sucked at this year, retaining the ball. That's that's what he's good at. He's good at turning these, turning with the ball, finding the short pass getting out of a pickle so that when your center backs are getting pressed or under pressure, he drops in super deep. Like everyone's like, oh, Nabil Winslow's playing really deep. Yes, that's what he's supposed to do. Comes in, receives the ball, takes it forward. That's what he's supposed to do. Now, for some reason, the Newcastle United center backs just don't understand that. And so they will they'll be under pressure. Nabil Winslow will run towards him, screaming for the ball. They will look at him and then just hoof the ball forward. Yeah, it makes no fun. sense. That's fine. I, I, and it's one of those things where it's like literally just tell them to pass the ball to him. That's all, all you have to do, and they 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 don't do that. Steve Bruce hasn't told them to do that. Um, I, I don't understand. It's like why why even bring the guy in, and if if no one's going to use him correctly, you might as well just put Matty Longstaff back out there as well. Then if that's the case, yeah. just roll with a, a midfield that's not going to be effective and not do anything. So I don't know. It's annoying. Best player for me, Saint Gucci okay. Max. Interesting. Is it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because I personally thought he was brilliant at times, but it was just it was that glimpse of we talked about in, in his uh, his his emergency pot is like one of his weaknesses is that he tends to over dribble, and this was the first match where I'm like, huh, St. Maxman over dribbles. So <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean, I still think he was like you say, it was definitely one of our better players, um, but I just that was the first time I was like, huh. This was not a good match, in my opinion, from him because of that. Not because of like when it was an Oxford match and he was just terrible, but just like I was like, okay, you could have passed the ball there and you didn't. So yeah, what's up with that? I just like, I mean, he he led the team in shots. He led the team in shots on target. Um, yeah, but that's yeah, that's pretty it, much he what took I'm going some off of those shots when he could have passed the ball for easier chances. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, and it, I'm also because the, the golden black headband. Great. Yeah, I was about to say we got to talk about that. <laughs> Those were dope. That was dope. I hope that, was that there's a, a retail so, version available. That was the sauciest sauce I've seen in a long time. That you looked so hope, good Greg? with the black and white. Yeah, I, I really hope that they make that they have multiple versions of this for each jersey. Yeah, that would be. Oh my gosh! Yeah, do it. That'd be nice. But yeah, shout out to St. Maxman. I mean, that honestly, we were some people were just talking about, um, like in it was, geez, someone just did a, a teammates video. Um, it might have been Fetty Fernandez. Um, yeah, it was Fetty Fernandez, who's basically talking about how like 
Sam Maxman is the the player who gets fined the most on the team, basically <laughs> because he he like continues to show up at every match day with the Gucci headband, and they're just not allowed. So he'll get <laughs> fined for that. <laughs> so glad he's able to figure that out. <laughs> Who's your best player? Um, uh, it's, it's Martin Dubrovka. I mean, it's an easy Doobie. answer. Um, I'd also give a good shout to Jamal Lasells. I mean, I think out of all the players, like I, I couldn't really find anything he did wrong. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, like he, I mean, he wasn't particular. He didn't really stand out by any means. But when you have a center back and his his he's most comfortable sitting back and organizing defense, I think you know you have to reward him for for doing so. Yeah. Um, and I guess it goes down technically as a clean sheet for him. So there you go. There it is. Okay. Well, that I, I'm good with it. If you want to part ways with this miserable, yeah. Match. I mean, I guess my my only final thought is like, I mean, there's definitely concerns, but there's also has to be a reminder to all fans that every single uh, every single team goes through these the, like like matches like this where it's like, how did we not perform better? How did we not do better? I mean, Arsenal just literally the next day had the same thing where you have like probably two of the you know at a time two or two of the best attackers in the premier league and lacazette and like many others and a lot of investment and you couldn't you couldn't score against burnley um so i mean i don't know don't don't get too upset now if we lose to oxford this week yeah be upset but i don't know about this one it's it's frustrating because the three points were there for the taking but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, not the end of the world. Great segment or statement by you. Uh, moving forward, you'll you'll also be getting on this same day that you're listening to this. You also have available a preview for our Oxford replay match. And then on Wednesday, you'll drop our, which we're now doing, you may have noticed, that is our now episode. So our next episode, 118, is appearing on Wednesday. And that's where Elijah and I are it, it was our new segment in previous podcasts, but now we're just breaking down the bigger things and having like just big topic conversation, um, not doing as much high level stuff. We're kind of digging in deeper, doing more low level, like getting into it more. So um, hope you enjoy all that. Thank you guys for listening. And that concludes our Norwich preview. I'm your host, Greg Troxel, or sorry, Norwich review, for recap, whatever we're saying. I'm Greg Troxel. The best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsom, and away the lads. Love you guys. It's like sitting inside a fridge. But I wish I was on the case side. Looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Geordie And to live in Geordie land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river time I'm coming
castle I wish I'd never been a weird I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home Then I miss the old blind busker Who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the darkness in James's Park at the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail Walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog It's in James's pocket The Gallagher